You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. I said, how many are believing for a year of more? If you're going to have more, you're going to master your mountain. Here we are, Vision Sunday 2017. Can you believe that we're well underway into the year? And in fact, right now I find myself here at the bottom of one of the mountains in the South Island and just surrounded with so much nature and the sense of God being so big. This year we're already engaged with our theme, which is God is a God of more. There is so much more that each one of us can experience. And uh, while I was just spending time with God, I felt like God say to me, you realize that more means that for all of us, we need to master something. We actually need to master our own mountains, challenges that stand in the way. In fact, it's an amazing thing to me that when you speak with many Christians, they get disillusioned because they live this misunderstanding that if God's in it, it's going to be easy. And yet, I think the opposite is the truth. For us to get to the purpose and the promise that God has for us, we need to climb the mountain. At the end of last year, I was thinking about and sharing a little bit how that Jesus said, you need to speak to your mountain. And as you speak to your mountain, you drown out the voice of that mountain speaking to you. But also, I've discovered over many years that when God calls us to something more, you know what he wants us to do is he wants us to speak to the mountain. And if it doesn't move, we've got to master it. We actually need to climb it. We need to push through. We need to take on everything that would seek to limit us so that we can see God's abundant provision. In fact, you know, I believe that God is a breakthrough God. He gives us breakthroughs, but victories don't often arrive in the mail. You've got to climb the mountain. You've got to walk towards what God wants you to walk towards. Uh, I was reading, in fact, over the summer, how in Revelation, the seven letters to the seven churches, there were six of them that, again, God spoke and says, you're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to take the challenge face on because on the other side of the challenge is an incredible breakthrough of God's power. In fact, God has something so much bigger than we could ever imagine. That's what we heard and have learned so often is that he's big, he's strong, he's fully able. But I think God positions our breakthrough in the challenge. It's actually when we go through the challenge that we become a different person. There's a great verse, in fact, in 1 John 5 and verse 4, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. In other words, when God's on something, when God wants to expand his purpose in our lives, we've got to overcome the obstacle. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who has overcome the world? It's the one that really believes. And I've learned that faith is not just this ethereal bigness of expectation. It's faith in works. It's that mastering of our mountains. I've learned as we've prepared that as we're going to climb this mountain, 
the first thing we've got to do is make sure we pack the needed supplies that we have with us what's going to be necessary for the journey. We've got to have food, we've got to have the right kind of clothing. We've even got to have things in case of accidents so that we can keep on going and moving past. You want to climb a high mountain? Really want to live for a year of so much more? You may need an extra supply of oxygen. It's because it's that God breath that's going to cause us to experience the promise. I think for me, to climb a mountain, the biggest thing I need is supporting partners, the right voices that influence you to believe for more. And then, as I said, the right kind of food and fuel, fluids, your clothing, your boots, just having the right elements. You've got to take those with you. You need to have those to help sustain you as you begin to do things you've never done before. You know, all of us can master our mountain. We're on the start of this incredible climb and it's been pretty testing even up to this point. And uh, I said to the team that are here, I said, uh, you guys feeling your legs? Because I am, maybe it's just that old age but there's a whole lot more to come. But the fact is, the God that created this track is the God that created the top. And all of us have got to remember that. Let's not stop halfway just because it got tough. Let's not allow ourselves just to do what we've done before. It's a new year and there is so, so much more. Well, the weather's starting to pack in and uh, in fact, the higher you go on the mountain, it's amazing how things just completely change. I had to take my jacket off, I was just getting so hot, and now instantly it's, it's completely different. But we're here to do something. We're gonna master the mountain, and uh, really you can have all of the supplies, but another thing I've had to learn the hard way is if you don't possess a personal conviction, uh, you're not gonna climb the mountain. This whole concept of God taking us to higher levels and receiving and reaping so much more it's kind of like our conviction has to be louder than the challenge. Seriously, I want to encourage you. Over the last 25 years, there have been many times Marie and I and many others have gone, you know what, it's just too tough. But then we'd stop and look into the eyes of God and just that sense of mission and that God has got so much more. And it's like, we're going to keep climbing. It doesn't matter what it's like right now, even the season. It's kind of like, yeah, it's changing completely. We didn't expect it, but we've got a conviction. There's an amazing verse in Matthew 17 where the disciples come to Jesus and they say, we tried to heal this boy. And uh, Jesus understood the boy was demonized. And he said to them, you couldn't do this because you were double-minded. Uh, you were filled with unbelief. And by the way, this takes prayer and fasting. In other words, you want more? You're gonna have to go to a new level. You simply are going to have to pay the price to climb this mountain and then God is gonna do the miraculous. Uh, it was interesting this Christmas, in fact, uh, I had a, a close friend of mine, somebody that's close to me, that uh, is not a part of our church and they had heard about what we're planning to do at Central and everything that has happened to this point. And uh, we were sitting down after a meal one night and he just said to me, he said, so why are you doing it? And I said, what do you mean? He said, why are you gonna take another huge step and all that goes with that, the pain and the challenge and the unknown. And I just looked and it just bemused me because 
all I could think about is this is God. Why doesn't come into it? It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what we go through. I was saying to our staff last year, there is an authority in an unqualified yes. Yes, God, you want to lead me to the top of this mountain? Then I'm going all the way. I'm not going to allow my conviction to be dictated to by circumstance. I'm going to stand for what I believe. It's a year of so much more. One of the big things is to choose an attainable pathway is so really important because every new level of breakthrough, there are surprises. In fact, I think God's purposes bring a lot of challenges. I really mean that. I think when the Israelites went into Canaan, they didn't expect a whole lot more giants. But if we plan our pathway, if we literally find where we're going to go in a safe and workable solution, here we have a hut. We've stayed overnight. It's been amazing. Able to get some rest and we're ready to go again. We're ready to climb again. And our levels of faith are all different. And I want to encourage you, stretch, but don't be snapped. Make sure that you can achieve exactly what God is wanting you to do. There are lots of times where you feel like giving up. I can already tell you that. But you need to know there is a pathway. And then you've got to make sure you just keep putting one step in front of the other step. Uh, the fact is that you just got to focus on the now moment, live that well, and then God's going to open up more and more to you. You know, there's this great scripture that uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus speaking, he says, you know, make sure you don't swear by the heaven, for the heaven is God's throne. Then he said, don't swear by the earth, because that's God's footstool. In fact, you shouldn't even swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair black or white. But let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I was considering that and I thought, come on, let's not have the kind of dreams that are so far beyond us that it's kind of just a pipe dream by the heaven. And then don't restrict yourself to what you've currently experienced here on earth. Don't let your brain or your head get in the way, but let God put something in your heart and then just say yes. I'm going to say yes today to what God wants me to achieve. And I'm going to reach for what God's stuck in my heart. The early years of life, I was yesterday walking up the mountain and I was reminded so many people just kept saying yes. They just kept saying yes to what we were called to. Every season has had different challenges. And as we enter 2017, it's going to be a year where we're going to see so much more, so much more than we could ever imagine. I wrote this down and I think it's quite good is the thought that tomorrow's victory will be determined by the decisions we make today. There has to be an attainable pathway. We've got to stop. We've got to rest. And then also we've got to live each moment. Don't be overawed by what the future might be. Don't be held by what the past has been. But just keep making those steps. A week and a half ago, I was at a cafe in Oriwa and I walked out and this gentleman jumped to his feet and he said, sir, can I just say something? I said, what's that? He said, hey, I just want to thank you for Life TV. I said, oh, cool. He says, no, seriously. It's changed me. And I said, well, that's really cool. There's a whole team that work together. He then said, and I was surprised. He says, I'm an Anglican vicar at the bottom of the North Island. Every Sunday I get up and it's just that moment of inspiration that helps me get up and share with the people that I'm called to serve. You know what? Your today 
matters most. Right now, as you're climbing a mountain, committing to climb a mountain, remember, draw out a pathway. You don't build a tower without considering what you're gonna do. truth is when you commit to climbing the mountain <laughs> the weather doesn't always do what it said it would do it's flipping freezing but whenever we extend ourselves there are challenges all the time and I think even the elements sometimes scream out just stop don't be stupid but we're here to master the mountain we want a god of more to show up it's gonna happen simply amazing to be at the summit in fact a little hard to believe because you start with this expectation and you believe you've got clarity you walk the path you've prepared the stuff to get you there and then you're there it's an amazing thing but I think to be a mountain climber I'm not an expert although I think we passed Bear Grylls further down the track uh, is that you do need to understand this pain on the way and you've got to process that pain if you want to be a climber, there's some scars. And the key to scars is you just don't let them infect you. They're just part of the process. In fact, I think the pain that we go through in our today makes us stronger for our tomorrow. And I love the fact that, you know, we are called to be overcomers. We're called to push through this year. Be a year for you and your family. Be a year for you and your dream. To be a year where you overcome, you don't give up and... If pain arrives, you press through knowing it will make you stronger. And I think the final thing is that actually when you get to the top of the mountain, you've got pictures sometimes that it's going to be blue sky and it's going to be perfect. And it's not always that way, but you've mastered your mountain. And on the other side of your mountain, you know what? There are other people that are going to begin to believe. I don't think the mountain is just there for us. It's so that we can help others to stand up to believe for something more. And let's make this year a year where we are literally gonna take the Bible, we're gonna believe it. You might say, why all the pain? Why? I don't wanna be a mountain climber. Well, you're the only Jesus that people get to see. I am his hands, his feet, and we are his mirror here on earth. You know, I began with this scripture out of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If a dream is born of God, then it's big enough to conquer every challenge that stands in its way. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. It's our relationship with God. It's our belief in a God of more. Who is he who overcomes the world? It's the one that believes Jesus is the Son of God. I think we've got to understand that our breakthrough empowers others. And if we could be an overcomer, we can literally create a legacy for other people to get up, to believe, and whatever their mountain may be, maybe it's a mountain of a whole lot of disappointment and addiction, maybe just a lack of belief that God can do something major with them and through their lives. Come on, let's be people that live a legacy. Let's be people that whatever it takes, we won't stop. 
And when we get to our summit, remember that that's not the end of the story. It's the beginning of another chapter because God is a God of more. And the more we press through, the more we're going to see, the more we're going to see God do in us and through us. And I want to encourage you every week this year, come before God saying, God, I'm asking for more. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Whatever campus you're in over in Melbourne, great to be connecting live and up at North and South. And we're going to pray. Father, we thank you that you are able. On our own, we do not have much more than what we can offer that's so tangible but so finite. But you're a God of more and we entrust our lives, our relationships and our future into you. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, lead us in this year of more. In the name of Jesus. Amen. On your way to your seat, come on, give someone a hug or a high five and just say, hey, cool to be sitting next to you. Amen. Amen. Well, we're excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about Vision Sunday 2017. And uh, what an incredible thought. You know, we really feel like this year God is saying to us as a church, we've got to believe for more. You've got to actually activate your faith no matter where you find yourself Don't allow your current circumstances to define you. Allow the spirit of God that's alive in you to lift you. And yet the reality of more is we depicted. How many know climbing that mountain is one dumb idea? It's kind of like great for a Vision Sunday video. But when you don't do any training, in fact, I borrowed the boots. Thank you, Simon Brown. And uh, you're climbing this mountain. I'm going, I'm sure. I'm thinking in my head as the wind was blowing, we're freezing. I'm sure they have stunt doubles in Hollywood. And here we are doing it on our own, no training, five and a half hour climb the first day until we got to the hut. And uh, the reality of climbing, come on, or, or experiencing more is the mastering of a mountain. It's the willingness to go to a place you've never been to before. But I want to encourage you because at life, of course, and again, you may be online, you may not be aware of all that God's been doing. And take a moment this Vision Sunday just to look back over our shoulder at the reality of what we have seen God do in the last 18 months. So many people have come to Christ, so many testimonies of being impacted by Life TV and conferences and everything that happens. But also we've seen miracle after miracle on our facility front. For those that are in the know, you will know that in the last 18 months here in Little Wee, New Zealand, yet to happen in Melbourne, but what a great facility we have. You know, we have spent actually $44 million in property purchases. It's kind of like when somebody told me that, I said, man, I hope you're going to come and visit me in prison or do something like that. It's kind of like, you know, Monaco, the the birthing of our new campus there. And I know you're all cheering because what a beautiful place that is. And uh, we did some research for us to find a property and to build that kind of building in its current location would cost us in excess of $30 million dollars. And through the miracles that God brought, we were able to have it all as it stands now for 11 million. And yet so much potential with the 400 car parks, we still can develop a chapel, upstairs offices and everything else that we want to do. Up at North, amazing. Again, the facility up there is phenomenal, right on the motorway. And uh, again, just some news if you haven't heard, but the property next to our current facility there on the opposite side of the car park came up for sale And even though the timing wasn't great, we felt like God said, you've got to do it. 
And so we've purchased Plan B, and Plan B is just this amazing expansion ability for the future and to hear from Land Transport that just a few doors down, they're going to develop a whole new park and ride, which will help us on Sunday. Thank you, God. And uh, just phenomenal when you look back and you go, well, you know, God, this is scary, this future, this 2020 vision. It's scary. And I go, yeah, it's scary. But when you look over your shoulder, you see the faithfulness of God. Here in Central, just to, uh, it's just about, or before Central, even Melbourne. I know it's rented property, but you guys, just an amazing provision of God with what you have and all that God's going to continue to bring your way. And then, of course, here in Central, to have secured on the city fringe of Auckland five acres, just under five acres, and uh, the total cost, actual cost of the two properties that make that parcel of land, we paid a sum of $28 million. And after we purchased it, we went and had it valued. It valued in at 38 million. Uh, today could well be over 40 million for a developer to take that property. It's like God, because we were looking to take on other buildings. We're looking every other way to make it simple. And yet it was like there was a hand of God going, no, I'm in this. You've got to trust me for something you haven't been to before. Even the property here in Mount Eden that has been the central home, uh, we sold it for an excess of 13 million above its market value through a lot of negotiation and a lot of persistency. And you just go, so with the sale and the purchase of all the property, $98 million in just over 18 months. It's got to be God. And when you look and you just say, well, that's just material stuff. Yeah, but God is showing us, come on, that he's in the future he's given us. And uh, we need to be praying right across every campus and in Melbourne and online. Need to be praying that, you know, we will see the consent completed within this next week. Uh, it's very close to it. It's looking good. There's been a lot of challenges, but we're getting there. We've seen God work. Second thought, we need to understand this year the revelation seriously of what God is calling us to focus in on. You know, as we go to every year, it's not just like another year. It's kind of like we've got to stop as we do Marie and I stop as a board, as leaders, as the exec team, as a staff. We just stop and say, God, where are you leading us for this year? Our 2020 vision is huge. If you haven't heard it, you can go online. But uh, to be a church in excess of 20,000 people, to have at least 2,000 effective leaders, and to be pouring $20 million a year into community need by the end of 2020, that's only three and a half years away. It's like, God, we need you to speak. Uh, this year, we are focusing in on all the things we do, our kingdom initiatives with conferences, life and sisters, lifting them to new levels. We believe we've started something called uh, LLI, Life Link International. We haven't even launched it. We've got nine churches that are going to come under our wing to uh, really learn of us. They feel like God's calling us. I think it's going to be a global thing that God's going to call us to be a part of. Going to move through and see what's happening in business continuing to equip and connect business and professional people, develop our church businesses, and every dollar we make from them go towards the community uh, aspect of who we are by 2020 to have more than $20 million going. And we need to see that increase and grow and develop. We're going to believe that to happen. And, of course, through our conferences, through kingdom, through business, and then, of course, the mainstay of who we are, our church, it's kind of like, God, what is it that you're leading us to and where? Do you seriously want to take us to? I want to take a fair time this morning just to talk about church and how we see some shifts taking place. 
I think the first thing we feel for this year in a year of more is that we need to come back to a number one focus where people find Jesus. And you might go, well, you're a church. That's, that's what we do. Yeah, but when you've got four focuses and you're doing so much, it's kind of like we have a lot of people in our services lift their hand to respond at the end of a service, but we are committing ourselves to be robust in evaluating how many people are we leading through to baptism? How many people are being water baptized? And uh, 2015, 2016, we had just over an each year, just over 200 each year that were water baptized, which on a global scale, is pretty cool. It's not like lots more decisions, but people that really activated their faith. Well, our commitment this year is we will measure how well we're doing with people connecting and finding Jesus by baptisms, bringing them to baptism. And then January this year, we've already baptized 130 people. So we're going to believe that we're going to blow it out of the water this year and see God. Come on, somebody say amen. And uh, the first couple of months this year, our, our whole series is going to be around one purpose. You know, with all of the call that we have, we still have one purpose, and that's people finding Christ. And in line with that, we're going to look as we continue to do at our services and see how we create an engaging, authentic, relevant kind of environment where people that don't know God can come and discover that God is, in fact, potentially real. Uh, the environment needs to be welcoming. The, the environment is going to have things like we've done, but really working on like Easter and Christmas, those seasons where people that would never duck in the church may come to an event and be overcome by the clarity of the message and the realness of people and making sure that you could bring your friends. You wouldn't even think twice about bringing a friend to something that's happening on Sunday here or a special event. So we want to focus more on people finding Jesus. Secondly, we want to focus on a connected Christianity. Uh, you know, I learned this climbing the mountain that uh, we had one guy with us helping carry some of the gear. By the way, nobody told me. I've really got to be in my bonnet about how much I shouldn't take with me. That pack was way too heavy, but we had somebody else carrying some of the camera gear. And uh, it's amazing, isn't it? When you climb a mountain, go to a new level in life, you realize the value of those climbing partners. You might be struggling in your Christian walk. Maybe, again, you're online or wherever campus you're visiting this morning or part of. It's kind of like, well, you weren't wired to do it alone. There needs to be a depth of relationship with other people. And how we do that at life is by making sure you can find your supporting partners in a group. Short-term, long-term, all different variety of group, but a place where you ultimately can trust, get real, and do life together. In fact, we're so committed to groups that all of our children will be in groups. Part of our Sunday is a group environment. That's what we're going to do. We're moving on and seeing God. In fact, what we're going to do this year is we're training year six children in our kids' ministries to become leaders. So that the purposes of God are, again, ingrained into the heart of children. Our youth ministry, we are going to already, we have three campus, in fact, four campus youth pastors in Melbourne, in north, south, and central. And uh, here in Auckland, what we will be doing is they will be meeting on Friday nights, but once a month they'll come together into central for an all-in. Bit far for Melbourne to come that far. But uh, what we're doing here is that all-in night is going to be around you bringing your friends comfortably into an environment where they experience the love and the purpose of God. And so we're going to be doing that, and our groups will be taking place on Friday nights 
in each of the campuses. So we're pretty excited about that. The big thing this year, and I know I'm going quickly because I want to really get to the heart of where I find myself, is that we want to focus on more clearly defined people pathways. In other words, it's easy, easy in a large, big vision church to be sitting there, be motivated on a Sunday or be motivated by something and go, but what do I do next? And so we have spent a lot of time praying about, thinking about, looking and studying about what we need to do to become more effective. Because here's the thought, ultimate fulfillment comes from activating your God-given gift in your God-given purpose. So you can be in church and you can be a believer, but feel void on the inside. And you need to understand what your gift is and where your purpose is. Pastor Tim Segerton here, who oversees our people processes and the teams have been working. And like Chris Hodges says, you could actually hear something seven times, but not really engage with what you need to do next. And all of us as human beings, we walk toward what we want. In the church, what we do is we get people to sign up or to make a decision, and they're not even sure they want it yet. So we've got to create the want in people and then give them clearly defined pathways. So as of next Sunday, right across life, every campus, all four campuses, we are starting something called Next Steps. Basically like this, well, what do I do? How do I grow? Take the next step. Well, what is the next step? Every Sunday, we're going to clearly identify your next step. You might be here for a long time and go, well, I'm just too busy. I can't do that. But you will hear, hey, this is the next step. And that next step is going to be defined by the wonder of every Sunday at 1140 in every campus, we are holding our next step class. Four times a month, first, second, third, and fourth week of every month. If it's a five-week month, then we'll leave that one free. But those four weeks is about your next step. One hour where you learn what your next step is and how you can engage. You can join it any week, get into the rotation of the four weeks, and we believe it's going to change your life. Also, with that, if you can't get there on Sunday, we will make provision through the week in a group. Here it goes. Week one, we're going to be talking about God's plan. Basically, understanding the fundamentals of what we believe. Many different churches, religions have all kinds of beliefs. But if you're kind of new in your walk or you've been away from God or you just need to understand what is God's plan? Why is the Bible the Bible? And what is it that we believe the Bible to be saying? Very simple. Week one. Week two, we're talking about life's mission. Not just your life, but life. Capital L-I-F-E. What highlights us to be us. What makes life life? And we talk about our focuses, our core values. We talk about why we believe in groups and also introduce you to pastors and leaders that you can put a face to and connect with. Week three, we're going to talk about your design. So God's plan, life's mission, then your design. We're going to help everybody in that course with a personality profile. It'll be amazing to find out what you're really like. It'll help understand some things. It actually will be a great marriage fixer, possibly. Personality profiles and spiritual gift assessments. So why do I feel these things? And why did God make me like this? Week four, fulfilling purpose. You know, I'm amazed. I travel the globe, speak in churches. I meet so many Christians, been a Christian for a long time, still do not have purpose. You can't have purpose by sitting in church. 
You have purpose by activating your gift in your purpose. And so we're going to introduce how you can get your gift now that you understand it and your personality engaged in one of the four focuses. And we want to help you serve every week from here on in. You're going to hear about next steps. Come on. God's plan, life's mission, your design and fulfilling purpose. Because I think real change happens once we get into real relationship. True fulfillment comes when you understand your gift and you activate it in a kingdom purpose. By the way, some uh, regional changes we'll be making. I asked three years ago, three and a half years ago, that our regional pastors would know everybody at life and where they're at. We've spent a lot of time connecting with people, only to discover there are many people in the orbit of life that just don't want to be connected, don't return calls, maybe too busy. So I have been convinced we need to change our strategy. So as of now... If you don't want to be connected, you won't be connected. We're not going to spend our time following up people that don't want to be followed up. So we can take our energy and follow up those people that do want to be followed up and you Christians coming in to life. And uh, you might go, well, that's pretty harsh. No, it's just a reality that we can't force feed. And I don't think the Bible talks about force feeding people. If you want it, we'll do everything to help you find your next step and your flow in your Christian pilgrimage. If you don't want it, we're not there. You can stay as anonymous as you want to. We want to commit to the want to. If there's no want to, hey, we're fine with that. In fact, you can bring friends. You yourself can come live in the shadows for a hundred years. We may carry you out sometime in that hundred years, but you can come and be anonymous as much because Jesus always invited people to come. He never forced people to make a decision. We've never been about forcing people, but we've spent a lot of time that's been unproductive. You bring friends, we'll welcome them. The foyer, we believe, is going to become more friendly by the initiatives we have, but we're not handing out welcome packs. We'll have special welcome gifts for new people, and they will be at the information desk. We'll encourage you to go and pick one up. If you lift your hand at the end of a service, say, I needed to reconnect with God or give my life to Christ, we're not going to come to you. We're not going to take you into a private room. We're going to invite you after that decision, which is a life-changing decision, to go to the information desk. And we'll have people there that will help you, give you a Bible, and help you on a pathway. But as of now, we're going to change our focus on next to next steps rather than trying to create the want to in people, but allow people at their own pace to make the decisions that they need to make. In fact, in the back of the seat is a connect card and you will be encouraged to fill that out if you'd like some extra help. There'll be, again, our giving envelope if you'd like to use that. There'll also be a next steps card which is currently in there that will explain next steps and we will again make it very clear, very simple and very committed to where we're going. So you might say, well, that's not a big deal. That's a big deal. We're simplifying everything down. We're moving some other things that I need all of our church to know. We're moving our H4, Heart for the House, Home to the house, ha- home for the Harvest, out of March, and it's going to be positioned in June. And the reason for that is we just feel starting the year where there's such a focus on that, let's get it into the middle of the year. And people, if they want to give money before the end of the financial year, still can do it on an annual basis. Uh, but we're changing everything about H4. It's now going to have a new name called Legacy Offering. And uh, the reason for that is we are giving to a legacy. We're not just giving to something. And you might go, well, I don't know much about it. Here's going to be the challenge this year. We've got so much that needs to happen financially, as you can imagine. We need our people, everybody at life to be committed not to stop, 
at March, but keep going for another three months till the end of June. If you would commit to keep doing what you've committed to do, uh, your commitment for this 12 months, please make sure you fulfill that by the end of March, but then keep going for the next three months before we have our new initiative called Legacy Offering. We'll be spending a lot more time on that. Another great announcement for everyone down south this morning is uh, March the 12th, not next Sunday, Sunday after, we're starting a night service because of the crowds down at south. So there'll be three Sunday services. It'll be an open heaven field, same message at night as it is in the morning because of what's happening down there. Up in, up in Melbourne, Pastors Craig and Nadia are going to give you some specifics about what's happening there, but we certainly are praying for everybody that's there. We've just launched a new Life app, and uh, that's to simplify everything that we're doing here at Life. You don't have to go to the website. You can just go and search again at the app uh, store there for lifenz.org. That's in its infancy, but it got a lot of information, and we'll be updating that to make it clear, make it very part of it. And, of course, we're going to continue with live, live streaming uh, for everyone that's joining us today at 10, 15, and 6 o'clock, encourage people to watch us online, be a part of that. In fact, last Sunday was amazing. We had someone add an on live stream from another country, in fact, in the Philippines, who had a, uh, a, a, a guy in a coma asked if we'd pray in the morning. We did that. At night, at 6 o'clock, we were able to share with the church that he came out of coma and was now speaking to his wife. So it's just like that stuff happens. And that's, you know, the, it's, I said to the team, I'm going like a racehorse. I don't know if you can tell right now. But we need to present a vision brochure almost because there are so many bits and pieces that are being changed this year. But basically, the reality of what we've seen God do, I want you to capture this, is nothing short of miraculous. You know, people say to me, how do you know this is God? I said, look at what he's done. How do you know God is faithful? By looking back and seeing his faithfulness. Not only that, the revelation of what we're called to focus on. I, 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 I'm not resting because of how many people need to come to Christ. We seriously need to have pathways that we can bring our friends and family. We can't make them come to Christ. We're not going to do that, but we can have an environment that leads them to a decision point. And then I suppose this is where I want to come to is then the response, not just the reality, not just the revelation, but what's the response from those that I want to talk to that are a part of life. I'm going to watch I don't tear up now because I'm carrying a weight. The weight is not the enormity of the 2020 vision because I have no doubt in my spirit that God's put it in front of us. We've always climbed a mountain we couldn't climb. I've always done things I wasn't prepared to do. So when the guy says, why don't we climb a mountain? I say, let's do it. You don't realize what it costs, but the challenge is there. And, you know, my heart is heavy, particularly because I feel like, I don't know how I can put it. There are so many that God has brought into the orbit of life that actually the enemy has kept unconnected. People that have walked a long way with God have a real belief in God, but aren't connected to the degree we're going to need them to be connected if they're called to do this for us to achieve in this next three and a half years and beyond what God's asking us to do. See, I, I see people that were on the front line for years and carrying such a load that, again, it's just like, guys, if you could just bring who you are and, and help us, we could see this thing smashed in outer space. And I know many people are doing it. And we can't always do what we used to do. 
But you know, there's a rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, I want everything that you're about. And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? You know what he said? This is what the law says. And Jesus said, you're gonna do it. You know what he said? I'm doing it all. And then Jesus said, one thing you lack. And then he gives two things, but he says, one thing you lack. He says, you know what? Your current earthly life is distracting you from what you're really called to do. You need to come, follow me. And as I was reading that, I was like, Paul, the answer to what I want to do in Aotearoa, first and foremostly, and then beyond, is you need, I need, we need the people that call life home to get connected. See, it's one thing to go, I'm doing it all right and I'm busy. The bigger you get, come on, the more that happens, it's like the distractions are everywhere and that distraction creates a drift. And at the end of your days, you can go, you know what? That was all good and we did a lot of great things. But I want to encourage you. You've got to decide to stay connected. It's like you've done it all. You're, you're even in church. You're doing all the stuff you need to do. But you're an arm's length from me. You're not connected. And I need you to be connected because if you don't get connected, you'll continue to drift. See, I need people at life. This is me, Marie and I talking to everybody that calls life home. I, I need you to connect. Life has got a divine mandate. There is no doubt. God's calling us and, and I need you to be more present. I'm saying to some of our key business people, I'm saying, I need you at the Empower Weekend. Oh, I'll get the tape. No, 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 it's about your presence. I need you here on Sunday. I know we can't be here every Sunday. I'm not getting pedantic. I'm just trying to put the want to in you. You say, well, why do I need to be present more often than I am? Because every moment requires somebody to magnify it. There's not one time I walk around that foyer and I don't find somebody that needs somebody. That's not the pastor's job. That's the pastor's job to equip all of us. And it's kind of like, come on, we go away for weeks at end. Be in church somewhere. Connect, be there. Just make the sacrifice. Wait for the weekend. Come on. We've got six o'clock services here in Auckland at least. You can come along, be a part of it. And you say, but why? Because if you stay in proximity, somebody else is going to reap the benefit of your connection. And it's kind of like, I know it sounds tough, but I'm going, I'm not here to control anybody's decision, but I'm going, we are going to, by God's grace, create a legacy in this nation that's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. We saw it about the life TV thing. I said on the, the thing, it's like, it just doesn't happen because someone's got a smart idea. People are giving sacrificially to it. People are leading the charge and creating it. Others are doing what they need to do, but God uses it because it's in the moment. Don't ever say, I got nothing to contribute. Be, connect. Second thing I'm asking is that we consecrate. It's one thing to connect. It's another thing to go, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to start giving God more of me. Because in this year of more, God's got more of him, to, but more of you has to come. I made a statement a couple of weeks ago, more means less. You can't have more of God with your agenda being so full all the time. God taps me on the shoulder regularly and goes, I want you, man. I, I want less of this other stuff so that I can lead you to a place that we've never seen before. This year, we're going to have three times three days of prayer and fasting. And we're not making anyone, but I'm going to ask the church, those that are with us, to do it. 
not just, not just a fast, but a social media, but we're going to put food aside and go, God, we need you. We're going to come and we're just, well, we're believing this 2020 vision is not just a great idea. It's not just another vision rattled off. It's like a God mandate for a nation. And God's saying, I need you to consecrate yourself. Less than four years. It's going to take all of us to go, hey, we've got to lift this to another level on our agenda. As I said, climbing the mountain, if your inner conviction is not louder than your challenge, you're always going to walk left or right rather than up. And that's a challenge for every one of us in every campus, whatever, wherever, whenever, willingness. It's like, God, if you want this, I won't let the distraction of everything you bless me with to, to cause me to locate at arm's length. Not only that, I'm going to give you my heart because I want to be somebody that's exchanging what I don't see for what you do see. And I want to carry that. And then finally, become a carrier. You know, I, I have for a number of years going, you know, a lot of great stuff's happening through life. There's no doubt. But we're not seeing enough people come to Christ. And we don't have enough people fulfilling their God-given gift in his purpose. You know, if I would ask you if I had the opportunity, are you really carrying? Not what I need, but what God wants you to carry. What the vision needs, the vision's not mine. I've just said I'm all in. Yeah, but, yeah, I know the buts. I got them all the time. But it's like, what has God called you to carry, really? You know, H4 going to legacy offering. I said to Paul Schnell, if we were to be debt-free of the central development and have the extra facility up at North paid for and North developed a bit more and South just finished off, what would we need per year through legacy up until the end of 2020 to be debt-free? You might say, well, why debt-free, Paul? Because we need to be in a position where we can do more in the community. He said to me, we would need in our, what was H4, the legacy offering, 15 million a year each year. Right then I go, wow. Then I thought about it. I thought, that's, that's only 15 Auckland homes. Serious. To have something happen. Come on. Nobody, I don't want anybody to give out any pressure or manipulation. But I believe we could raise that. I believe we could do that. I believe God's asking us, come on, to carry that. Because if we climb the mountain, he's asked us to climb, not we have to climb for our own sake or our own pretense. Do you know many other people are going to go, I can climb my mountain. If you climb your mountain, if you carry what God's asked you to do, I, I, I can't give you what God's asking you to do. All I can do is position you. Hopefully in a place where you say, okay, God, I'm going to be connected to a new level. I'm going to consecrate my heart and hear from you because I need to be a carrier of something that you've got for me to do here at life. And then I want to become a legacy builder. True legacy carriers are people that live the moment more than their past. They live in a place of supernatural supply and they shoulder their part of the vision. As I said, our 2020 vision needs everybody that's called to life to engage their hands, their mouth, and their want to. And I just pray that we will have far more people, not just in the orbit of life, but connected.
consecrated and caring to see a year of more. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that life's reach by your grace is right now in Australia and across Auckland and then through the many different ministries that we carry affecting multiplied tens of thousands of people's lives. And we just pray today that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, whether in this moment or in the future about where we fit in the mix and that we would be people that wouldn't allow the disappointments or the distractions, disappointments of our past or the distractions of the present to stop us from becoming a legacy creator that will have an echo into eternity. And if we're called to life, that's part of the legacy that we're called to carry. And what is it that you want us to carry? How do you want us to shape our lives so that we can master every mountain and from the top declare God is able? We pray for that in the name of Jesus. Pray for every person in every campus today. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.